0: Alex Magleby here, CEO and co-founder of the New England Free Jacks, and you're watching the Jacks Rangers Show. Huzzah, friends. Let's ride.
1: Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show, broadcasting from the beautiful Granite Outpost here in Manchester, New Hampshire. How about that win against D.C. on the road? This team is 2-0. Feels good to be good. Let's get right into the episode right now. Woo! All right Rangers here we are we are 2 and 0 feeling good now we've got to travel to the evil empire. And of course, I'm referring to Los Angeles, California against the L.A. Gilweenies. We will never call them by that stupid ass name that they have. All right. A lot of breakdown in this episode. I wanted to let you guys know that up front. It's a gargantuan episode. We've added a new segment, and I'll explain that in a moment. But I did want to mention um, our only sponsor, of course, the Jax Rangers Show merch store. You can find our merchandise at JacksRangers.com forward slash store saddle up and head on over there purchase yourself some merchandise prior to the first home game for the free jacks which is rapidly approaching at this point we're hoping for a fo a four and oh or as chris lind aka bozo would say foe and oh run to get there and that's not out of the realm of possibility of course but super excited about the episode Super excited to play LA, to see our team be tested in that way with uh, quite the road trip and quite a team that they have to play for sure. So the breakdown is going to be like this in terms of the lineup. First, we'll have our interview with Ranger John Elsnod, great friend of the show. I'm sure he'll be listening to this and smiling. You know, We really appreciate John interacting with us on social media. He's, he's been an awesome Ranger from day one. We appreciate him very much. And I really enjoyed my time talking to him. Next up, so Dave and I broke down the DC review. We talk about, you know, who got MVP, all of that fun stuff. And then we will have the LA preview with Dave and I, the Outriders, and finally, we're going to have a new segment on the show here before we get you out. It is referred to as Bozo 6 Pick, and what this is, we're going to have rapid reaction with Chris Landon and myself, and also he is going to be our main man when it comes to MLR picks going forward, so he'll give you his opinion on uh, what he thinks the uh, the the teams that will win this coming week in round four. And from there, we'll get you out of here Sure, we close up shop. Really appreciate you listening in. As always, let's get right into it with the interview here with John Elsnod, one of our favorite Rangers. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris again here at the Jack's Rangers Show. Got a very special guest, a New Hampshireite, just like myself. I'm an adopted son of New England. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, so this is John Elsnod. He is an old-school rugger, uh, a big Jacks fan, um, and also a Free Jacks fan. So, John, how the hell are you?
2: I'm doing great, Phil. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Uh, let's get
1: right into it. Tell us where you're from.
2: Well, I was born in Iowa, if you can believe it, and raised in what I would refer to as the Great Lakes Midwest. Okay. And I, I went to college in. I, I lived in the suburbs of Buffalo when I went to high school, went to college in Binghamton, New York, at a state university, then lived in New York City for about six years and moved up to New Hampshire in 89.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And I basically, with the exception of two and a half years, where a job took me to Ohio, I've been in New Hampshire since 89. And I currently live in Deerfield. I've been here for 16 years.
1: Nice. And I forgot to crack this open, so let's go ahead and do that. Oh, yes. I've got mine, too. Ah. Delicious. Um, what, what, how, how would you describe New Hampshire and just New England in general? Because it sounds like you've been all over. Well, I mean, I think people who've
2: lived here all their lives Are lucky they don't realize what it's like being in other places, and and there's a lot of beauty in all parts. I mean, there's lots of places in the country I'd like to be, but you know, you you go to places, it's it's kind of like everywhere has it. You got people who haven't been anywhere, right? And people who have been. And then anytime you hear people, I can't imagine raising a family somewhere else. I'm like, dude, you you got to like. I, I could imagine living in Hawaii, you know. I, I don't, but I mean, I can imagine it. It's like, but New Hampshire's a great place. I I've raised my my kids here, and um, I kind of like the whole live free or die aspect of it. Yeah, I'm an outdoors kind of guy. Yep. Uh, when I moved up here, I, I lived in New York City. I moved to Manchester, where where you are, I believe. And it's, yes. it's great. It's an hour from Boston. It's an hour from the ocean. It's an hour from the mountains. I mean, it's got so much going for it. And I just like where I live, I'm kind of, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, but really not far removed. I mean, there's no street lights, there's 400 right. acres across the street. But I'm 15
1: minutes from the state house in Concord. So awesome. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> That's great. Tell, tell us about your origin story with rugby. How did you find rugby?
2: Well, I was always athletic in high school, you know, I did track and field, I wrestled a couple years, and I played soccer. Okay. Was a goalkeeper. And I went to college and we were division three school. Binghamton was a division three school at that time. They actually had a very good soccer team. I didn't try out for the soccer team. They were, you know, in the national playoffs at the time and such. And there was some meetings for club sports. There was lacrosse and rugby. And I went to both and I, I said, you know, rugby just sounds so much more fun. And we actually, there wasn't a team at, at the school at the time. There was a guy trying to start a team. And what we actually did for a year was play practice and play B side with the local men's team, the Binghamton barbarians. Okay. And then a year later we did the whole routine with the school to get the official team. So I'm one of the founding members, not only of the free Jacks, but of the Binghamton university rugby club. That's awesome. What year was that, that they got started there? Um, We started playing with the Barbs on the B team in the spring of 79. And then our first official sanctioned college team was
1: uh, spring of 1980. Incredible. That's awesome. Very cool. That is very cool. Uh, What is your favorite memory of your playing days?
2: You know, I played for so many years. um, So I played from 20 years old to 55. (laughs) so that's there's a lot to pick yeah but you know i thought about this and the it's not really a playing thing as much as something was related to rugby my club when i lived in new york went on tour to new zealand and australia for the first world cup in 1987 which was an awesome experience because it was the first time you know we saw we saw the final we saw one of the semifinals. You know where Wales won on a touchline kick at the death. Saw one of the uh, uh, I think it was a semifinal, a famous game, Australia and France. One of these that went back, back and forth, and back when tries were still four points. So it was six <laughs> right. and three, and somebody would go ahead by three, and then somebody would score a converted try, and somebody would come back and Serge Blanco did this amazing try in the corner at the end to. Uh, beat Australia, I think that's what happened. They That put them into the final against New Zealand.
1: Incredible. Yeah, what, New Zealand. what sticks out when I watch those old games back then, how quickly they they formed the scrum. Like, there was no regard for safety whatsoever. They're just like, all right, we're going to bind up as quickly as possible and slam into each other. It was wild back oh, then. Oh, yeah.
2: It was, it was a whole different – well, and just the uniforms, you know, the loose shirts and yeah. – and, and that was really what was that three, four years before the game really went professional and stuff? Yeah. So, yeah, it was in the great. 90s. That was, yeah. That was a great experience. I mean, 16 days
1: with a touring party of 45 people. Wow. Um, that, that was pretty intense. That sounds like it. That, that would be awesome. Yeah. I went to the Rugby World Cup in 15 and I, I only saw USA play Japan. So I was there for like four days. I'd love to go to another one. And especially we're going to have one here in 10 years. So, uh, well, yes, most that would be. That'll be good. Well, Kathy and I actually already have tickets for France. Um, nice. We
2: signed up and got early tickets. I'm going to go with a buddy of mine, rugby buddy of mine from college and yeah. his wife. Um, and it's going to be a blast. Oh,
1: I bet. Right. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. speak any French at all? None. <laughs> None whatsoever. But who cares? It's- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, can, you can probably learn a little bit prior to the the uh, the World Cup to get around. You know what I mean? Well, you know how it is now.
2: You just hold your phone up and that's let true. somebody talk, and it will tell you what they're saying. It's crazy.
1: Uh, I will crazy. say, savas, how, how are you? Um, and je suis as I am. So you say, je suis Jean, and that's, you know, I am John. So there you go. You. Bonjour okay, is cool. good day, and bonsoir is good night. So there you go. <laughs> All right, All right I got four words to go. Perfect, I'm perfect. Locked and loaded. <laughs> uh, what's more New England? Uh, Dunkin' Donuts or Clam Chowder? You've been here for a while. So what would you say? Well, I think
2: that Clam Chowder is more New England because I think people in Kansas know about New England Clam Chowder. And I'm not sure about the footprint of Dunkin' Donuts. I know it's so omnipresent here that you just think it's everywhere. Yeah. But I don't know that it's as big in other places. I mean, personally... I'm I'm kind of a foodie, so I, I would lean toward clam chowder anyway. I buy my coffee from a local roaster and mm-hmm.
1: um and, and to be honest, I prefer Aroma Joe's. That's just me. Yes, but, Aroma uh, Joe's is great. I do enjoy some Dunkin' Donuts coffee, but I will tell you that they have expanded big time. I went to Iceland about six years ago and they had it at the airport there. So that was like, wow, that that's pretty cool. Isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, They were advertising all over the airport there in um, uh, Reykjavik uh, in the capital as well. So it was pretty wild. Yeah.
2: You know, Dunkin' Donuts, honestly, I don't, as I said, I I buy, you know, like locally roasted coffee and Mm -hmm. fair trade, organic, all this kind of stuff. Um, Dunkin' Donuts doesn't have bad coffee. If you buy their beans and make your own coffee, I just don't think they make it strong enough for my (laughs) taste.
1: I got you. I hear that quite a bit. I hear that that they don't make it strong enough for people, but uh, I'll tell you one thing, the donuts are not that great there. Once you've had Krispy Kreme, it, nothing else no, really, no yeah, it's not as good. Well, and I saw your
2: Facebook post about the uh, trip to the donut shop. There's, I like, I love places like that, doing yeah. that kind of thing. You know?
1: Oh yeah. Um, let's talk about your passion for the Free Jacks. Where does that come from? Well, you know,
2: I just, I gave you that story about how how I was part of the uh, founding group of my college rugby club. And like three years ago, we went back to Binghamton for the 40th anniversary and it was so awesome to see something that, you know, we started didn't win a game until our third season. We played fall and spring and to see all the people, I mean, Hundreds of people from different years come back, and when the Free Jacks came out, I said, "What a great opportunity just to get in on that! You know, be a founding member. Like I want to be talking to you in 15 years when the league's, or in 10 years when the league's been around for 15 years, and say, you know, here, here are the Free Jacks. Here we are. We've won seven shields when the <laughs> started.
1: Would well, well, that be good? I <laughs> would be." yeah supposedly since we're founding members in the future our names are going to be etched on the future stadium that they build so that'll be something special you know when we come to that unveiling that'll be awesome I think it's great and it's it's just a a fun organization to be part of I'm really excited about it very much into it couldn't agree more it's the best organization in MLR I probably said that about eight times in the past three episodes I'm going to say it one more time there uh (laughs) Let's talk about your first impressions or your impressions rather of the first full season of the Free Jacks last year. What did you think? You know, I thought things went really well.
2: I mean, given the challenges, you know, remember when we started, we had the COVID issue that you had, you could only bring so many people, and how yeah. was that to do? And, you know, that really was our first season with with home games. And, you know, the, was everything perfect? Maybe it wasn't perfect, but it was pretty darn good. I mean, <laughs> Kathy and I loved it. I mean, right. I, I unfortunately had to miss one game, and, and I, was, I was bummed about that. I mean, I right. really – we've been waiting for this – I mean, I can't wait for March 12th.
1: Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. I mean, especially with it being the um, – all around Saint Patrick's Day as well, so it's just going to add an extra bit of juice, if you want to say that, uh, to the whole oh, thing. No. It's going to be it's going to be electric, I think, there at Fort Quincy for the first home game, for oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So next thing on the list here is what has been your favorite moment as a Jacks fan so far? So from the first kickoff back in uh, you know the COVID shortened season until now, what's been your overall favorite moment? Well. That, that Again, that's one of those, that's like asking me my
2: favorite rugby moment for, <laughs> for 35 years. I mean, there was so many good moments for yeah. me. And yeah. I got to give you my top three because, okay. if, and they kind of, they go forward like the first match, the whole, just the anticipation of being shut out from a year before. I mean, there was just such excitement and electricity going into that. I mean, yep. that was, that was great. And then my second favorite moment was the Rooney match in the rain. I was one of those knuckleheads that sat out there for two halves and got poured on and we played our hearts out and we went yeah. for the bonus points So we didn't just say, yeah, we're winning. It's right. crappy weather. Let's go. That was, that was super special. But to me, the real biggest thing was our first game at Fort Quincy. I mean, yeah. You know, I I I can't remember the particulars. I know there was we were close to the playoffs. We might have been eliminated by the time that game actually kicked off. Yes. So in some weird sort of way, you could say, hey, that's that's really the first game of of the next year because we're getting on. And it was it was different. Not that you know, the beginning of the season wasn't bad, but you you walked in there, you were attending an event. Mm-hmm. That you weren't just going to a rugby match. Right. right. And I, I think it was a harbinger of what was going to come. And then you look at what's on the docket for this year. Yep. It's phenomenal. It's yep. phenomenal. So I, I think that was my big event was, was the transition to Quincy.
1: I think you've done a fantastic job with the top three there for the moments, because I think most people, most Jacks fans would list off. That's their top three. So I think you nailed it on the head there. And, and talking about the last one being the game against Atlanta, where we were at Fort Quincy for the first time, that's the transition for this club going from you know Fort Union Point to their home for the next, you know, let's say five to eight years, possibly there at Fort Quincy. So yeah, it was, it really gave us like the beginning and then like the transition of this club. Uh, So I, I appreciate you mentioning all three of those. Let's see here. What was, what do you think of the team this year and where do you think we will end up at the end of the year? I mean, I think the team is great, really
2: excited about some of the new signings. And it's funny. I, I can't remember if it was you who posted there, you know, there's so many, there's the free Jacks and there's the supporters and there's Jacks Rangers and yep. first Regiment. somebody said, what do you think our record's going to be? And I, I said, 10 and six, you know, and I'm a finance guy and a spreadsheet guy. So I created a, a spreadsheet with, you know, who we're going to win. And, and, I, and I said, we're going to be 10 and six in third place, making the playoffs. Okay. No, but I could tell you. I uh, so I, I actually made some notes here. Um, I said we were going to be undefeated at Fort Quincy, but we were going to have a tough time on the road. Okay. Be two and six. Um, so if that's true, well, that I hope I'm not right because that means we're going to lose <laughs> those next six games on the road.
1: Right. Right. But,
2: uh, and I and I actually picked by the game. I just didn't say, oh, we're going to be. You no, know, I I looked at the schedule and said, well, let me right. let me think and, I have to admit, with shame, that I had had us at zero and two at this point in the season. Oh, no kidding!
1: Wow, yeah, okay.
2: So I just hope that I'm not exactly the opposite, right? And end up six and ten. So,
1: I think Chris um, Lind uh, mentioned that we would be uh, ten and six, and I said my worst case scenario is that we would win ten games and lose six of them. But my best case scenario is twelve and four. So we're still on track for all of that to take place because we're only you know, at this point three games into the season here coming up this week um, against L.A. So we'll see what happens. But I'm highly encouraged with what's happened so far. I've said, you know, for for months now that the real reason it wasn't just the NOLA game that knocked us out of the path of the playoffs. We didn't win enough away games. And now to start the season with two away games that we've won already. Against decent opponents, especially NOLA, from last year, they were two points away from making the playoffs. So that's a good team that's kind of going through a bad phase right now. So we could probably see them come back and and improve. Now they're 0-3 right now. But that's a team that actually has more talent than what they're showing, I believe. But anyway, I I mean – yeah, my whole point is that, you know, we definitely – if we were the same team that we were last year, it's definitely possible that we would have lost those first two games. So it's extremely encouraging that we've actually won those two first away games. So I agree. And,
2: you know, it is especially sweet beating Noah because, you know, I mean, I'm maybe, as I said, you know, finance guy, maybe overly analytical. Noah's the only team in our division that we didn't beat last year. That's right. At least once. Yeah. And, you know, we did a good – Good. I mean, we lost to the Giltinis, but what we we didn't we beat everybody else that we played in the West last year? Uh, that sounds right.
1: That's yeah, right. We did.
2: Yeah. So well, so we were pretty good. And so that, it was it was sweet revenge beating the, because the first game in the rain there, I think there was a questionable try. And I think we felt, yeah, you know, we didn't get get the fair end of the deal there. And then
1: we just, you know, I don't know what happened when they came up to to New England. We just didn't play well that day. So prior to this win against Nola, we were actually zero and three against them. If you go way back to the COVID shortened season, so it's good to you know get that first win against them because they're really the only team in the entire league that has given us that much trouble. Um, when you consider all of the other uh, records against other opponents, I feel like we've beaten everybody else at least once. You know before yeah. them. Yeah. So. Let's talk about uh, who has the best hair on the team. You know, right now I'm doing a little bit of a Carolina waterfall. I mean, it's 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 quickly, you know, I'm losing my hair pretty quick here. But yeah. if you can see, you know, it's coming in pretty good right now. So who has the yeah. best uh, hair on the team in your opinion? Well, so, you, <laughs> you know, I shave my head. So All right. All right. I'm going to go way, way
2: off the charts here. All right. And find that like the two guys that are closest to me would be like, Eric diago and John poland with the nice short hair, right? Yeah. Um, but if I have to be like talk about a dude with long hair and crazy long hair, he hasn't played yet; he's been injured. But Jesse has got like wild hair, so yes, I he gotta does. Say. Yes. He, he he would be the uh he'd be my long hair favorite, and uh Perfect. between JT and Eric diago for the short hair favorite. Awesome. I'd like to love Perfect. to see somebody shave it down. You know, I appreciate that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... Let me see here. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I think it's the Eagle, you know. Uh, it's just those. those yeah. Have yeah. Those, I think, those young man flowing lock. Right. <laughs> I, I, told, I haven't
2: liked that 40 years ago.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so if we get to 5,000 um, donations for the uh, mass youth rugby that I'm, I'm raising right now, if we get to 5,000, the Eagle has said that he will shave his head bald. So that's uh, – that'll be quite the – and I'll, I'll be the one to, to shave it all off, and we'll probably get a nice video of us both getting our heads shaved at the end of this season if we get to that 5,000 mark for uh, Massachusetts youth rugby. So that'll be pretty awesome. Cool. That yeah. would be awesome. What does the Free Jacks do well, and what do they need to improve to win the game against L.A. this week, in your opinion? Um, well, it's kind of hard with this, you know w- –
2: it's, it's, it's like, who's going to win the, you know, the NFL, there's always projections for the year and then eight weeks into the season, it's all settled out and got an idea. But,
1: right.
2: you know, what I see that we've done well and we need to continue, we should continue to, we, we, we capitalize well on turnover ball. We take turnover ball and we turn it into points. That's uh, really important. And damn, if we don't tackle, I'll, I'll tell you, we are <laughs> tackling like monsters. And yeah. I love that. And, yep. You know defense is you know is going to help you, and if you can tackle that's going to hurt the things we need to work on, and I think a lot of people say this, um, discipline, you know, I think we had a problem with that last year. we still yes. still have a little bit of that and I, I would say focus sometimes we need eighty minutes of concentration, not seventy four or whatever. Mm-hmm. if you look mm-hmm. at the game versus um, DC. Now, I mean, we scored seven tries. That's a beatdown. Yes. But yeah. at one point, their fullback just kind of like ran through us down the field, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, this is another, you know, fifty points shellacking for DC United. <laughs> Suddenly, we're only up by two points. Now we got right. it together and all that. Yep. But I think maybe if we can keep the focus, and you know, easy easy for me to say. Even the commentator during that game, right, said something about a call the ref made. They said, hey, but we're in the booth. And he's on the field. You know, I'm right, in my
1: right. easy for me to tell these guys to focus. I'll tell you what, man. What's really encouraging is how relentless our defense is. I mean, they are they are, as you're saying, they're tackling beasts, they're tackling machines, and it's it's really incredible to watch. I just wonder how sustainable that type of play is because it's 16 weeks of this, at least 16 weeks, right? Um, so we're, 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 two weeks in and I am sure that their shoulders are killing them, uh, today. It's gotta be tough. Well, you know, one thing that's good kind of on that note is
2: you notice in the, in the, the match day against DC, you had a few new guys in the finishers yes. and you know, the more these guys have a chance to get on the field, the more you're going to have guys that are ready to game ready to step up and stuff. So that's
1: good. I mean, it's a good point to make because, you know, it's such a long season and it's such a physical sport. You have to have that depth in your roster um, to make sure that you're getting these wins throughout the year. And I think this team is assembled very well by uh, Thomas Kindley, T.K., um, so I think we're a type of team that can go the long haul, even if we have injuries or suspensions, which we're going to have at least two players suspended most likely in the next game. So we, I think he's assembled this team so well that we, we're obviously concerned about those guys because they're starters and they're not going to be able to play. But, you know, we don't have this terrible feeling in our stomach because we've got guys that have experience overseas or they're very, very good collegiate players. It's not just some randos that they're getting off of the street that have just been playing rugby for like a year or whatever, you know, to come in. So that's, that's incredible. Well, I totally agree. I mean, just, just look at our injury list. Yeah. You know, you, you got
2: Harrison Boyle, you got Jesse, you got John Poland. I mean, you got guys that are, mm-hmm. can play at that level. They're yep. just not available for selection. And, yep. you know, I mean, the, the best case scenario is you got so many guys that, Well, you got to pick 23 of them, right? and it looks like we're going to be able to pick a good solid 23 for quite a while. I mean, granted, we did have the bye week, and that helps. It'll be interesting to see when we play five, six weeks in a row Mm -hmm. to see
1: what happens.
2: You know, as you said, it's a brutal – I mean, it takes its toll after time.
1: For sure. That's a great way to describe it. Let's talk about which team do you dislike more. Is it New Jersey or L.A.? I have to say LA. Um, I mean, yes, I,
2: I totally get the whole Boston and New York thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as I said, I went to high school in Buffalo, went to college up, and, I, and I'm actually a Bills fan. I, okay. I like the Patriots as well, but, okay. you know, if you look back over the last 30 years until this year, both those teams were never, good at the same time. So you could right. root for both of them and it didn't matter.
1: Okay. But I, I,
2: like with New York, even with New York being in Buffalo, I'm like, Hey, the bills, they're the only New York NFL team. That That's right. Of thing. Right. Jersey that, but I have so many friends, you know, played rugby in New York, have friends sure. yep. in New York. As a matter of fact, I've got a good buddy who lives in Hoboken. Okay. Like two, two blocks from the Rooney stadium. Wow. And, awesome. I, and I emailed him. We're going to, we missed phone calls. We're going to talk. I, I'll come up with a list. He'll tell you every bar. I mean, I know the guys from New York will tell you, but if, if they're from New York and, Hey, I know there's a bar here. No, this is a guy who's in that bar, you know, every other week or whatever That's he knows. And he said he might even come out and meet the people or something. Awesome. I can't take the trip. Um, Kathy and I are going down in uh, April. It's going to do a couple of days in New York, take the train in and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, we'll miss this. So, I mean, I have, I lived in New York after, I mean, I lived in Manhattan for six years. So I have a a certain affinity for New York, but I, I love the, you know, I, I love New England. I have got to go with Boston, you know, any of the stocks versus Yankees, whoever it is, past jets. I mean, there's no question there, but LA and, and I, I actually have two real good buddies, I played uh, rugby in college and lived there as well, went out a couple of years ago, right before COVID clicked in for the sevens out there, mm-hmm. party to vote their houses, but it is LA, it's left coast, La La Land, Smell-A, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just different. Yes. And, you know, if, if Atlanta hadn't have scored that try in the Eastern championship last year, mm-hmm. I would have held my nose and rooted for New York against LA.
1: Oh, yeah. So that's,
2: that's, I don't want to have to face that scenario,
1: but you know that. that so that, there you go. I, I definitely dislike LA more. That's fair. I mean, LA has so much to dislike about it. Just the attitude of that team and the ownership and the colors and the name is awful. I mean, it's, oh, just, I it's so easy to hate them. Um, So, you know, we're obviously playing L.A. this week at L.A. It's a big, tall task for the free to actually go there and get a win. What is your score prediction for the uh, for the game against L.A.? And why do you think it'll go down that way? Um,
2: you know, I'm going to hedge with what I said before, you know, early in the season. A lot of things, too. It's like we're not playing the 2021 teamies. We're playing the 2022. So, it's you know, what do you got? Two games to base that on, right? Kind of tough. Um, I just feel it. I, I feel we can go in there and beat them, and I'm I'm saying twenty to seventeen. That's what Love I'm. That. One that. of the things that I've seen when I'm watching them on the rugby channel, they haven't impressed me this year. Like they're not like last year. They were impressive. Mm-hmm. Somebody found the chink in their armor, and they, and they lost a couple. But they were impressive. They really aren't that impressive this year. I mean, Toronto, you know, had them under control for the first half. That's right. They're dangerous. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're dangerous. Um, I just think, you know, they're, they're they're sloppy around the breakdown and stuff like that. And I think that's one of the things we need for success is we need to punish them. Yep. When they, you know, when they're infringing, you know, or turnover balls quick quick penalties, whatever we do. I think we can beat them. I mean, I, I can't – there's no way I can go into next weekend saying, oh, I think we're going to lose, but it's right. okay. I know, love we
1: have New York the next weekend. That's not like – that's a yeah. pretty tough back-to-back. It really is. And it, they're all away games. You know, the first four games have been away games. So it's, it's got to be tough. And But that's a one-two punch. L.A. and then we've got to play New Jersey at their place as well. So it's, it's a hell of a road trip. Um, I love the enthusiasm, John. I love the confidence that uh, you're, you're you're saying that we're going to be LA uh, at LA. But you're right. I mean, you're making a lot of good sense here about LA. They they're not the same team as last year. They don't look as good. Um, you know, Toronto was up on these boys. At halftime in the last game that L.A. played, and then L.A. kind of took over that game and and eventually won it. But yeah, you're right. I mean, they lost against Houston, which has been the bottom dwellers of this league. I mean, obviously the team and Houston has had a lot of turnover and they're, they're under new leadership. So the locker room was changed and all of that sort of stuff. But uh, you, as you're saying, it's not the same team as last year, and you have to look at these, these guys as a different team. And that's one thing I hope the Free Jacks that are, are doing, like you can't look at these guys and be like bedazzled by their their amazingness as champions last year. This is a different team. You can go in there and beat them. Um, it can be done. So I appreciate that. Uh, that I think you can do it. I, 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 you know I'll be rooting for it. So. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'll, me too. Along with everybody Me too, man. So before we get you out of here, I've got one word association. So I'm going to say, you know, one or two words. And I want the first thing that pops in your mind, just one word, throw it back at me, okay? Okay. New Hampshire. The best. Best. All right. Perfect. Rugby. Family. Yes. Free Jacks. Champs. (laughs) I love it. Gil-teenies, ugh, gil Weenies. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Woodie, The mascot, Woodie. Mm. Kids. Yes. Free Jacks, or excuse me, I've already said Free Jacks. This is the second week in a row that I've done this. So instead of Free Jacks, I meant to say Jacks Rangers, this little show here. Awesome. i appreciate that very much john this has been awesome man we're gonna have to have you on again at some point uh in the near future this has been thank thank you so much for doing this Phil. i really appreciate it it's it's like i don't know i mean i'm a little older and
2: they i don't know if they i think podcasting maybe is the new talk radio or something but you'd always listen to talk radio and there would be this guy who says oh a long-time listener first-time caller well you know that's me i'm uh you know long time
1: watcher first time guest really honored and happy to be here you know, John, you're one of those guys that have like constantly supported us since day one, like liking our posts or commenting on our stuff. So, I mean, we really appreciate it. I mean, I, you know, this has been fantastic that you're finally able to come on here with us. Um, and, you know, we appreciate you very much as a, as a Ranger, as a, what we like to call you guys that are fans of us or fans of the team. You're a true Ranger and we appreciate you very much. I've got one word to get us out of here. I think you know what it is. I do. <laughs> In three, two, one. Huzzah. Woo. huzzah rangers this is phil harris again here at the jacks rangers show we got that winning feeling it feels so good to be good ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the show here we are doing our dc review of course i got my brother here diamond dave big brain dave outrider dave dave how the hell are you
0: i am doing great it was a wonderful weekend to spend down in the Quincy, Massachusetts at the fours with the team watching the match a little bit chilly, but that didn't stop anybody from turning out and having a good time. How are you doing, Phil?
1: Not too bad, man. You know, when you when you win games, it, you know, winning is fun, confirmed, verified, winning is fun. So it just makes, you know, things a little bit better for you regardless of what's going on because we, we as fans have this, like, extension of ourselves invested in the team. You know, we're kind of living vicariously through them. So when they're doing well, you know, we're kind of doing well as well regardless of what's going on. But yeah, uh, special appearance by you at the Fours um, over the weekend there at the watch party. So glad that you were able to make it. Chris Lynn and I were there, and you, of course, and, and your buddy Wes, who's been on the show as well, Wes Berho. Um, Just a lot of fun, man. Again, with the players coming over and showing love to us as they were walking through the door. We got to see Dougie Fife there, which is always a special uh, thing for us, of course, to, to hang out with him for a moment. And yeah, it was a great venue, um, great food as well. A lot of um, beer selections there, adult beverages um so yeah we'll see what happens with next week Uh, if they stay the same place or go somewhere else i have a feeling that a lot of us will, will still be there regardless of where it is
0: absolutely
1: All right let's talk about we don't have a lot of Free Jacks news at this point because we're recording this late into the week here. Um, I will say that you know Bodine Waka did get the man of the match once again so that could be some foreshadowing with regards to our awards that we give out but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about this DC game which we're very happy to report was a win for the Free Jacks. Let me break it down with my scribbled notes here. We're kind of throwing it back to the first couple episodes of the show. Uh, The Jacks were first on the scoreboard with a clever little trick line-out play that saw your boy, Peter Janssen, roll uh, over into the corner for the try seven minutes in. So we strike first, okay? Conversion, unfortunately, was no good. I did see Coach Rogers put um, that clip of that try on his instagram with a emoji of just a piece of cheese on there which i I thought was really funny and kind of cheeky
0: um what'd you think i I saw that as well i i really like that Uh, that's got to be you know that's a set piece special um and i know i heard i heard in the you know at the party people were saying the boys have been practicing that one nice uh and they they executed it perfectly um a lot of elements came into it Uh, But it was really good. It was a great try. Probably, probably there were a lot of great tries in the match, but that might have been the best one just because you love to see that, you know, absolutely picture-perfect execution.
1: It sure was, man. And you can tell that they have been practicing that because it went through without a hitch whatsoever. Very happy to see that first score. Again, strike first uh, was part of my... Uh, key to the game. And of course, we did strike first. We had control throughout the game, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on here. But 12 minutes in, the Jacks have um, a rolling I have a not rolling away penalty about 12 meters out dead center so uh, I think Chris Lynn was saying everybody at the table could have made that kick <laughs> so DC uh, went for points there and was successful so at this point it is three to five because Waka missed that um, early conversion of that try um, next thing here 13 minutes in so in an immediate response by our jacks They're attacking deep into D.C.'s uh, territory, responding immediately to D.C. with Mitch Wilson, our boy, breaking the gain line and breaking three tackles for the try. I think he might have heard my initial scrum of the earth. Who's gonna have the most uh, um, tackle breaks? And I, I, I clumsily picked him, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a couple um, people miss and, and break some tackles," which is exactly what he did. He scored a try there. Conversion is good, so we're up twelve to three at that f- moment. Thirteen, excuse me, fourteen minutes in. So strike hard. Uh, also, I just wanted to mention that um, next thing here that happens of note: eighteen minutes in, uh, one of DC's locks, say. Apice- not i believe is his last name yeah, he Nacatini. sees a yellow card the jacks uh see the tri zone with another clever line out to try this one um is it's actually a mall situation um did not see who scored that one conversion no good did you happen to uh see
0: you know there? i at the bar and and our video we that we did at the end yeah i credited eric De Jager because i thought okay. just from the positioning everybody going into the mall that it was him yeah watching it back it looked like everybody was w- was uh congratulating Slade McDowell like could okay. have been just you were there congratulations but he seemed <laughs> to get the most love okay and I was like oh maybe Slade touched that down okay and then if you check the broadcast a little bit later when they provide the try summary uh-huh. uh they credit Peter de Jager, new super front rower that we must have uh signed combining Peter Janssen and Eric de Jager. How about that peter Jager we got a new <laughs> player um yeah i i think it was diager i'm guessing that's why they credited peter diager in, okay uh, in the uh stats but regardless it was another great try another one they practiced um a little pop down form kind of a mall yes. near where they the dc was expecting but not in the right spot and then just absolutely punched through pretty great
1: yeah, you love to see it, uh, you know. Again, total control so far in the game uh, for our jacks. I, I love to see that. I hate these situations where I'm feeling like knots in my stomach and worried about what's going to happen. I can't stand games like that. I know, you know, people that are neutrals or whatever they want to see a close back and forth game. Not me, dude. I just I want to see us blow teams out. I want to be comfortable throughout a match. Um, so, um, not rolling away once again, penalty against the Jacks gives another three points to DC in the form of a, a penalty kick 21 minutes in. So, the score at this point is 17 to 6 because the previous try that we had, well, conversion was no good, um, unfortunately. And let me skip where the. Okay. See, I told you we would—we're were, going to have problems with this, and we already <laughs> do. There we go. Okay. It was hitting, all right. So 26 minutes in from a line out, the Jacks show great passing and handling with a running rugby try in the corner by Harry Barlow, a.k.a. Harry Barton. And this was a total backs try. I mean, it seemed like pretty much every one of them touched it. Beautiful handling, beautiful passing. You know, when you're on bad teams or let's just say teams that can't execute well, you're going (laughs) to knock on that ball, right? Um, But we did not see that at all. Great running. Uh, for the free Jacks to score that try again, total control of the game at this point. So that was 26 minutes in uh, full involvement too, like
0: everybody either touched the ball or ran a line that fixed the defender. Like it was everybody in the back line was involved in that move. It was a full, you know, use the full set of China.
1: It was pretty to watch as well. Um, That's one that I could, you know, watch over and over again because it's just so crisp. You really appreciate that type of stuff. Um, 34 minutes in dc is threatening and eventually do score a try with a sidestep that gets uh through Um, conversion is good 22 to 13 i believe that was uh, one of their wingers that scored that did not grab a name on that so halftime score is 22 to 13 but after the half dc has the vast majority of possession um, for the better part of let's say 15 minutes, and um, I will you know remember that for quite a while because our boy Chris Lind was uh, was very frustrated um, at the at the at the fours Bar there, um, you know, reminding us that we haven't had the ball at all, and it, it is kind of frustrating to see that sort of thing because. You know, we've heard over and over again that this team um, really wants possession of the ball and going through the phases themselves. And when we don't have the ball, it's a little discouraging, obviously, because the other team has the opportunity to score. Um, that's yeah. pretty basic stuff there, but yeah. Uh, I,
0: I do think that these Free Jacks are really comfortable playing defense. Yes. Um, and so I think that it was a long period for DC to have the ball, you know, uh, yes. and, and everybody was kind of on the edge of your seat because you just feel that pressure build up. Um, but, uh, I, I think that, um, probably the, the players maybe felt better about it than the fans did watching, you know what I mean?
1: Right. For sure. Um, So, you know, that allows them to get back into the game there. It's another try and conversion. So at this point, it's 20 to 22 and it's 48 minutes gone. So, you know, they had a, a great opportunity there prior to the half to score a try, which they did. And then they come out and are the first ones to score after the half. So it, it really uh, shrinks the lead for us. So at that point, you know, as you're kind of mentioning there at the bar, you know, we're feeling a little concerned and the vibe definitely at the watch party definitely went down a couple clicks there. because we were just so concerned and like I said our boy Chris Lynn uh, was not happy whatsoever at that point Um, but here's the thing is like I think at this point that I'm about to explain is the turning point of the game where we really seize control again what happens is the Free Jacks at this point are on the um, back foot DC is putting uh, putting you know going through the phases here together trying to score again they're hogging the ball let me turn the page here uh, a DC knock-on um, leads to show-and-go Joe, and this uh, this is coined by our boy Chris Lind, who uh, really enjoyed that. Um, so that's uh, Joe Johnson, to break through the game line and put boot to ball in just a snap of a, I mean, half a millisecond because he knows he's getting tackled by uh, Danny Tusatala, who's just an amazing number nine, obviously one of the best stars of the league. He he gets nailed by him, but, you know, prior to that, he puts his boot to the ball. This is a forward guys kicking the ball on uh, for teammate Waka, who is just lightning fast, just uh, on a dime. It's just the pace is incredible. He runs the ball down and, you know, a great lucky bounce of the ball. You know, hits him right in the hand, he catches it, and he's off to the races and scores an absolutely beautiful try. That is kind of like the turning point in the game right there. For me, it's like the moment of the match. So at that point, it's 20 to 29. Um, He converts his own try as well, and that's why I underlined in my notes, no mercy. You know, we could have gone behind in this game at that point. D.C. was attacking and looking really good with possession of the ball. We were on the back foot. And then just a, a, a slight error by D.C allows us Mm. to absolutely be ruthless and stomp on their head a little bit. Yep. Um, DC trying to attack 60 minutes in. um, And at least I can't even, again, we're back to the problem of I can't read what I wrote down. What happens (laughs) is there's a try that takes place. I believe it was one of the wingers for DC. No, here's what happens. So there was a lazy offload by one of DC's players when they're attacking moving forward. And this allows Harry Barlow, he offloads very well to a lightning fast Waka once again, who scores his second try of the game, two tries in a row off of turnover ball. Conversion is good. 36 to 20. That's the nail in the coffin for D.C.'s hopes in the game. I mean, the the margin is too far at that point for them to get back into it. Uh, you know, some things take place after that point. I believe we scored another try in the highlights, it doesn't show this. And here's my only kind of like objection. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: It, we we do have one more try. Yeah, that the yes. last one was Mitch Wilson touched it down. Right. That was a poke kick from uh Bodine Waka. That's right. Um yes. And he just he just kind of pooched it. I think they had advantage uh when they did it.
1: That sounds right. Um, yeah. Um, so they're just it.
0: like, All right, we'll take a gamble. It's he flipped it
1: through. Yeah.
0: And um Paul you see in the in the replay it's easy to see waka pokes it he gets hit right after he kicks it probably yeah. not really a late you know like guess it's, it's okay it wasn't awful but he gets yeah. hit and taken out as he kicks it kind of like Johnston did on his kick yeah um maybe a little later than that <laughs> and then you see uh paula balacana get taken off but somebody just like throws a football block you know absolutely gets in his way <laughs> and you're like oh come on and right and then Mitch Wilson comes streaking in from off camera, touches the ball down.
1: It's the final try for the free Jacks. It's a great way to end the match. Agree a 1000%. Now there is some stuff that takes place at the 75th minute. But I did want to mention Mitch Wilson, you know, is in the running, uh, in my mind for MVP of the game at this point, because he scored two tries. Now this is a guy that's coming in, who is a veteran presence on the Free Jacks. He's been on the roster for quite a while now, um, is a versatile back line player um, coming in for suspended Dougie Fife at 15 looked a little shaky um, with ball in the air there under the ball at certain points but uh, scoring two tries I mean it's a great um, you know run out for him Uh, very happy for him. Um, so seventy-five minutes in, there's a bit of you know issues with our free jacks here. Um, Slade McDowell sees red with a with no arms tackle, right? Uh, kind of a head situation as well, Dave. Uh, high tackle with yep. yeah, high tackle to the to the head. Uh-huh. Um, and that's we're speculating could be a potentially three-game suspension.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean that's a that's a guess at this point. They haven't announced anything. Right. Um, I do. You know, I've I've said on social media and stuff already, I think it was a, uh, I think it was a fair call. I think it's a fair red. Um, He is high hits hits. It's directly to the head. There's no mitigating factors. That's things like a player who obscured his vision on his way in. So he couldn't see the height of the player that Mm -hmm. didn't happen. The player falling. So a sudden change in height by the player that didn't happen. Um, There's not really anything to explain it away. Uh, It's, it's understandable. And, uh, you know, in athletic terms, he was, you know, coming in at a tear, he didn't work to get low soon enough. So he was still high coming in and he just went ahead and made the hit anyway. Um, and it did go, his shoulder does contact, you know, makes first contact with the head. And, uh, this stuff is, you know, people sometimes get real worked up about it, but a lot of it can be pretty cut and dry. The, the, you know, penalty, yellow, red is literally a flow chart that the referee just follows. That's what you hear them talking out as they right. talk to each other when they're mentioning using all that same language I used yep. just now. Um They're running through a flow chart that tells them what the sanction is. Um, And then in terms of suspension, that's also pre-written. You know, that comes down from world rugby. Mm-hmm. What are the, you know, citations going to be for competitions Um you know, I'm not sure how much wiggle room MLR has to change that up, mm-hmm. but I think that they are, you know, he uh, cleaving pretty close to those guidelines. Um, so that's just just a guess that we'll see some more action coming on that. Um, it's unfortunate. I uh, I think the player was okay, which is yeah. what you know, always the most important thing in those situations. Um, and uh, hopefully, if anything happens, we'll get we'll get Slade back. Uh, as quick as we can, he's been, um, playing real hard this season, first few games and, uh, you know, he'll be missed if he, uh, you know, red card, you you know, they're going to be looking at it and taking some kind of action. So, yeah.
1: He's been a great addition to the squad. And obviously, I think Josh Larson was trying to talk to the referee. Obviously, the referee's kind of, hands are kind of tied, as, as what you were saying. There, there didn't seem to be any intent for malice whatsoever um, right. in that tackle. Like, he wasn't trying to hurt anybody. But, you know, you, you, you got to do what you got to do. And he did see red there, unfortunately. Um, D.C. does get a mall try from a line out in garbage time uh, by Corey Daniel, apparently, who's a convert from wrestling, which, um, you know, our current head coach for Carolina Rugby loves those crossover um, wrestling yeah. guys because they know how to tackle. Uh, Best you know, tackler
0: I ever played with right. wrestler, you yep. know.
1: Yep. So John final... Gill.
0: Shout out to you, Gill. You're not there listening, you but I love you.
1: Shout out. Um, uh, final score. 41 to 25 Our free Jacks victorious. Once again, um, in an away game, this is two straight away games to start mm-hmm. the season. We're going to have two more after this, but uh, very encouraging stuff for our free Jacks to, um, to come away with two victories, uh, in a row here on, on the road, um, against now two, Oh, and three teams. So, you know, uh, uh John Fitzpatrick in the previous episode, who's the DC fan. He was yep. saying, you know, if we have these aspirations to be a playoff or shield contending team here at the free Jacks, this is not a game that we should have lost. And thank God that they didn't do that because we'd be having a different conversation right now. We wouldn't be feeling nearly as good as we do right now. If we'd gone down there and laid an egg against this DC team who looks very lowly right now.
0: Yeah. I think it was a really good performance, uh, overall, Mm-hmm. um the set piece looked very good the dc scrum was under a lot of pressure they struggled to clear a clean ball um and on a number of scrums um free got a couple scrum penalties uh line out was improved from week one yep. um uh, significantly improved i would say from week one um made good use of attacking platforms we had multiple try multiple tries from a line out in tight right running the malls we had mm-hmm. a set piece try from the line out out wide so we're capitalizing on those opportunities that we're getting um wilson did a great job stepping in for dougie fife yep um all the subs look good mills was a nuisance around the rucks um i noticed that on the second viewing particularly um, cam is still a really impactful Sub, you know, yeah. he gets out there and he makes himself known. It's just great to see. Cool that he got a little shout out during the broadcast as well. They we were talking about, you know, him being a uh, local uh, rugby product mm-hmm. at uh, New England College and the Mystics, Essex County Bulldogs. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of positives. And of course, Tenacious Defense um one thing in particular i thought we had a really good edge scramble so in that blitz defense you're coming up hard shutting out the outside but what what that means is that some you know you're not going to shut it down 100 of the time so when the ball does get wide how do you react um and you know the, you know i i call that an edge scramble just because it's out on the edge you're scrambling to cover you know so i thought they i thought they did a really good job of that um in particular when yeah. the blitz phase one was not successful phase two was successful so really good stuff there um few things to fix penalty count was pretty high obviously the red card um that kind of stuff is just you know impactful um
1: yeah it hurts and, our selection uh, going forward. I mean, you know, there, we've got we've got some injuries in the flanker area with JJ still out, uh, Justin Johnson uh, mm-hmm. from this past game and the one before that. So right. um, and know, just,
0: Jesse, who know we don't you know we don't know who will be ready you know yes. next week and moving forward. But right. going on history, Jesse Peretti has been out as well. That's right. So we are down. You know, at this at this point, potentially looking at being down as many as three back row players.
1: Which is not ideal, Um, you know, going into a game, you know, going away all the way across the country to face the defending champions. That's not an ideal scenario, but we'll just have to make do, man. It's it's next man up, uh, as we said uh, previously on Point Taken. Uh, If you guys saw that, uh, appreciate you watching. (laughs) That was our first live performance ever um, on TV. So that's pretty cool. Um, what else do I got? Uh, There's a couple missed opportunities for the Free Jacks. I think they had at least three when we were within their 22, you know, attacking, looking good, and we shot ourselves in the foot, missed opportunities. You can't do that against LA this coming week. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in the LA preview. But all in all, you know there was a little bit of lack of focus at certain times, um, and also lack of discipline is hurting us again with a lot of penalties, as you were saying a moment ago. Can't really do that against the LA team that can that can punish you for those type of things. But yeah, um, overall very ex- ex- ecstatic about our oh excuse me our two and O record. I was about to say O and two like who are we? Um, Some other terrible team? Uh, we're not. We're really really good. <laughs> And it feels good to be good, as I continue to say. All right. Um, I got one word for everybody out there in three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jack's Rangers Show. We are now talking about L.A. This is the L.A. preview. I've got my brother, Dave McVeigh on the line here. Dave, how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, Phil. How are you? Not too bad, my brother. So um, in the previous uh, segment, we did forget to mention our uh, MVP and the musket size pants scent, which is something that I always do here. And this is of course for the DC review, um, so the review of that game that we just had against DC. So I'll quickly say that my musket size pants tent once again is Danny Tusitala, which I'm pretty sure that he has been that for every single time that we've played DC. Just an excellent player. No, not on the try um, score line there at all this pass game but also you know he's just a playmaker um, and you can see that on the field super talented one of the best nines in the league and we've got two of those as well that are in that conversation but he's just fantastic it's, he's hard to miss with that bleach blonde hair um, can run like the wind and it's just a handful out there so he is my musket size pants tent for the dc game uh, i will let you go first for our mvp for the dc game yeah,
0: I'm gonna go ahead and pick Mitch Wilson. Nice. Um, he really stepped up big time uh, with Fife out. He slotted in at 15. Uh, he finished two tries, one of which he, you know, set up himself with that big line break. Yep. Um, the other, the other was walk kick. He also was the last man to, you know, touch the ball before Barlow's try um you know he was the final runner did a really good job just following his assignment fixing the last man and then putting Barlow into space um he was good defensively saw him make some really good rangy tackles in the back that you need out of your 15 and uh really good to see great to see him in the lineup um he can slot in uh at 15 on the wing so you know, he's uh, definitely made a good argument for himself with the performance he put out on Saturday. He also had a few gutsy attempts to stop 50-22s from going out.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I know that people reacted pretty strongly to that. Uh, uh-huh. Some people thought it was very risky. Um, but the, if you look at the outcomes, they really, they were fine compared to what the, they would have been. Those attacking right. lineouts right. are you know, you have to figure that uh, almost half of those are going to turn into tries. I mean, it's a big deal to give the other team an attacking line out on your five meter line. Yeah. So, you know, I he backs himself on that. I back him. I think it's good to try to make that play. Um, it's also a new skill for all these guys. This is something that's a new law. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, you know, they're not going to nail it hundred percent of the time at first, when they're beginning to try these, you know, acrobatic attempts to keep bouncing kicks from going into touch, so that the, you know, they can play back out or kick out of their half. So, Mitch Wilson, that's my very long man of the
1: match. No, I love Mitch it. Wilson. It's a great pick. Um, he was my second uh, in line for this. I have to go with our boy <laughs> Bodine Waka, um, who scores two tries. Did a couple conversions there. Missed a couple, but I'm not going to be you know too upset with that because the man scored two tries and looked really good doing them. He was also um, the man of the match for the actual game broadcast there. Mm-hmm. So hard to argue with Walker right now. He's probably the most informed 10 in the league. I don't think that's really too shocking of me to say that. He is one of the best, that's for sure, and I'm glad he's a free Jack. We're so lucky to have him for sure.
0: Absolutely, he was also DC. They pick a man of the match. Yes. in their home matches. Yes. They gave him a big old bottle of scotch. Way to go, Bodine! you Yuck. got some whiskey.
1: Could be worse, right? I mean, there's yeah. worse trophies that you could get for sure for that award. All right, um, let's talk about the LA game. So this is kind of the elephant in the room, right? On the schedule, you're looking at it when we first get it, and it's like, okay, we've got NOLA, which could be a problem. DC, man, not so much. And then it's LA. And then after that, we've got New Jersey, and they're both away games. So our Free Jacks have to go across the country to L.A., the defending champions, um, the team that is assembled like an all-star team from, let's say, 10 years ago in Super Rugby, right? Um, Just to be nice to those guys down there. Um, It is... I think unarguably, people's least favorite team, if they had to pick them all across every MLR market, if you're pointing at one team and saying I don't like them for X, Y, Z reason, it is LA. Uh, that is why that we on this show, well, specifically me, not you, uh, called it. <laughs> yeah, them not me. Evil. I kind of like them, but I know you do. Yeah, fair points all around. Yes, uh, they are the evil empire. And that is the name of this particular episode. It's Evil Empire because that is who we're facing this time around. So this is the L.A. preview once again. Um, I just wanted to mention at the beginning of this. So we first played NOLA and we talked about them having issues with depth on their roster. And that kind of shown in the games that they've played so far, including the ones um, with uh, our Free Jacks where we won that game. And then yes. we played DC I'm, just last. I'm week. laughing because I think I know where you're going with this, and I love <laughs> it. Go, keep going. All right, all right. And then we played DC um, and beat them last week. And they had questions of depth on their team. You know, they had some really good players that have you know flown the coop there in DC for greener pastures, and they were replaced with guys that you know are not household names, don't have a lot of rugby experience at this level. And on their roster, if you look at it, you're like you kind of have to squint your eyes and say, "Who the hell are these people?" Um, but that is not a problem with LA, and that is a strength of their team. Is you can look up and down their roster and see potential rugby, all rugby hall of famers from world rugby's perspective, like Matt Gitto. Um, the guy is a household name in the Southern Hemisphere rugby. Uh, unbelievable player. And there's a couple of other guys like that on that team, right? Um, So they don't have an issue with depth. They're well-assembled. It's kind of like a a retirement home for rugby players over there in L.A. Um, So that's my first concern is we've played two teams and beaten them that have had depth issues, but not L.A. What's your first thoughts?
0: Yeah, uh, I agree 100%. Um, I literally wrote down in my notes, the problem with L.A. is that no one sucks. (laughs) Their whole team's really good. Um, it doesn't mean they're unbeatable. They're very okay. beatable, yep. but you got to execute against a team like that. Um, you run through their roster, and, I mean, it's really, really ludicrous. Honko Hermesheis, yep. Ben Lesage, uh, uh, DTH yep. um, John Ryberg, Christian Rodriguez, mm-hmm. Christian Podovan, Billy Meeks, all these guys could – you know start on just about any MLR team and we haven't even gotten to like Matt Gitto Harrison Goddard uh, Charlie Abel prop one of my favorite players obviously um you know Angus Cottrell Uh, it like the list goes on um they have a lot of athletes who can beat you individually with freak athlete right and it demands technical execution from all the players for 80 minutes it's not that they're unbeatable. They're just a high demand team to beat. They demand a certain level of consistency and performance if you're going to beat them. Free Jacks 100% can produce that. Um, I, I think it's actually a pretty good matchup for us because I think we've seen the best way to beat LA is to hit them in the mouth, you know, and, and really play hard nosed defense and not let them hit that gain line. Uh, too hard and not let them run, you know, the great set piece uh, stuff that they're going to run. Cause you just get in there and jam it up. Yeah. Uh, Free Jacks can do it. Uh, it's going to be, I think, a really entertaining match.
1: I hope you're right about that. I don't want to see this LA team, you know, just whooping our butt for 80 minutes. I don't want to see that at all. I do want to see a competitive match because I think it will come down to that. I In the previous, you know, segment, I said, I would much rather see a game where we're just in control the whole time. There's no question about who's going to win the game because <laughs> that's right. less anxious for all of us right as freebacks yeah. fans i don't think that's going to be this type of game and i hope it's not the reverse where la is just whooping our butt for 80 minutes that's not fun either um you know i wanted to mention here that la looked really slow against the last team that they played or they 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 came out slow i should say that was against toronto up there in vancouver uh british, or british columbia i think it was in langford but let's not be too technical about it um they completely shut them down in the second half that is uh, L.A. um, shutting down Toronto, that is. In the second half, Toronto didn't score a single point. It's as if L.A. woke up and said, okay, we've had our fun here. We've lost our opening game. Everybody thinks that we're not as good as we were last year. Let's turn the screw a little bit here and turn it on. Uh, And they certainly did. L.A.'s defense has a lot to do with that. Everybody talks about their offense being so good, and they are. But their defense is right there, too, and it kind of goes under the radar. But – All you have to do is look at the last game that they played against Toronto and say when they're on and they want to defend they can stop teams and that's what's so scary about them. I will say this real quick before we jump into anything else. This is not the same L.A. team as last year. And that's, hmm. that's a trap that we all of us as fans or, you know, if you want to call them experts, the guys that get paid to do this, we all fall into this trap of saying, look at the squad last year and let's talk about that squad last year as if they're this squad this year, especially with these early games because we just don't know what to expect. We can only go based on what we've seen previously. But here's the deal, Jack. Like this team, although they are still very good, they have shown, they, they, they've shown weaknesses compared to that team last year. And what I mean by that is they lost to Houston in the first game of the year where we expected L.A. to come in here and just blow everybody out, blah, 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 you know, eventual champions, all of that stuff. But Houston said, no, no, we're, we're a team that can show up. And here's how they did this real quick, Dave. So I wrote down, how did Houston beat L.A.? LA was very ill-disciplined in the uh, the first part of that game. Three yellow cards in the first 30 minutes. Now that's kind of more on LA's part, not how Houston beat them. But you know, Houston was super physical in that game. They punched them in the mouth. Um, Houston took advantage of LA's um, mistakes, and I can't read what I wrote here, but which led to penalty kicks essentially. So, you know, Houston got a lead. And because of L.A.'s mistakes, they capitalized on that, on that and kind of played like international, more tactician rugby and said, OK, we'll take the easy three points here and extend our lead. And they were able to sustain that throughout that game. And that's how they beat L.A. What's your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that uh, one thing that we should keep in mind is that last season, L.A., had a pretty robust preseason down in Hawaii, where they had camp and preseason matches. Mm-hmm. And um, they did not have that. To my knowledge, they did not have that this year. They were, you know, had had kind of a short preseason like everybody else. Um, and I think that that may be Factors into the difference we've seen between L.A. at the beginning of last season and this season, because they came they came into the season last year pretty hot, too. Yeah, I think you're right that we all just kind of expect form to carry over from the end of for a championship team in particular, not for any rational reason. We just kind of, you know, it's just like the bias you form like, oh, yeah, those guys kick ass. They're going to kick ass next season, (laughs) too. And. um, You know, that probably played a little bit into. Houston's favor letting them get get hyped up mm-hmm. um but uh I it is a different LA team and a lot of the pieces are still there but not not all of them not 100 percent yeah um and so it should be a really a great match uh I think that it the matchup has improved for us I think we're a little we, we yes. are a little bit bigger yep. I think that helps with some of those guys like Angus Cottrell and uh you know uh, let let Paula Bellacana run into John Ryberg out on the wings, you know, like let use some of that thump, we could we could use that to our advantage in this match so matchup has improved a little bit that way. Um, and uh, you know I think the free jacks are just getting better and I think we're getting better at a, a faster rate than LAR.
1: I like that. I love that. That's a great analysis there, Dave. I think you could be right about that for sure. Um, I did want to give a little bit of credit to my hot take earlier. What got me thinking about that was uh, John Elsnod. He kind of put that seed in my mind about, you know, the teams being different. We want to always keep them the same based on what we saw last year, but it is a different team. Um, and it's a little bit encouraging based on what we've seen so far. They're not completely unstoppable, as is, you know, they started that way at the beginning of the year last year. I think they finally lost a game uh, to New York, was that first loss. But prior to that, yeah. people were talking about, oh, this team's going to go undefeated. Um, so all of that nonsense is not continuing over because Houston helped us out quite a bit there. Uh, and by us, I mean the entire league that doesn't like LA um let me see yeah (laughs) so um secret uh la fan here uh what would be your key to the game uh for Uh, this la match
0: yeah my key to the game is is you actually alluded to it earlier beat them in the penalty count specifically because lineouts are so deadly in this league Uh, mall defense is just very challenging it's hard to execute um you know, it, it's a lot easier to form and, and push them all than it is to stop them all. Um, and you really have to minimize, not to mention the, the back line set piece that you can run off a full lineout. you know, as we saw the Free Jacks do uh, down in D.C. So you have to minimize how many of those shots you're giving the other team. So beat them in the penalty count. Keep them from having too many of those deep lineouts where they can, uh, you know, really set up a threat to score.
1: Love that. Fantastic, Dave. Um, let's talk about, well, I'll, I'll jump to my key to the game real quick before we get into anything else. Um, mine is just real simple. It's give them hell. Um, I, I do expect New England to win this game because, I mean, we're fans of the team, right? We don't want to you know, pick against our team. But, you know, if you can't win, at least make it extremely competitive and, and you know, let them never forget who the New England Free Jacks are, because it's possible if everything works out the way that we want it to, that we could see this team at the end of the year competing for the Shield. Um, so put it in their mind that this team doesn't give up. Uh, they're gritty. They will whoop you at every phase of the game. And even if we lose the game, give them hell. Don't let them ever forget who the New England Free Jacks are and what that means, uh, you know, in terms of what you know, rugby other than just the catchphrase, uh, be competitive in all aspects of the game. Uh, don't make it easy for them, you know, Uh, don't let them run away with uh, a a huge win because that's demoralizing to your team. You have to go all the way out there to play them. And if they beat us by like five tries, that's just embarrassing. And it makes, it doesn't make for a good conversation that we have to have. And then they have to have um, in their team meeting that next uh, day, whenever it would happen to be. So yeah, give them hell. Uh, That's my key to the game. Um, Let's jump over to predictions. So what are you thinking?
0: I I I don't know. These matches have been so high scoring. I I always I I feel like I tend to make low score predictions and then like I'm off by 40 points. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I I'm just going to ratchet my prediction up and I'm going to say LA 20 New England 28. I think you're right about that LA defense. I think That's that we Um, are not going to blow them out of the water, but I think we win uh, by more than a score. Okay.
1: Um, I am keeping it a bit more conservative. I like that you're picking our home team, Free Jacks, to win the game. Um, I appreciate that very much because it gives me a little bit more confidence in what I'm about to say. I do think the Free Jacks win, okay? But I think it's a squeaker. It's like squeaky bum time. We probably win the game in like the last five minutes or maybe even less than that. Um, or maybe we get like a, a lead and we hold on to it for like, let's say 10 minutes. And it's just a, it's a dog fight until the end. So I'm predicting LA 18, New England 21. So a three-point margin there for our Free Jacks to win the game in LA. And boy, if you thought people were on the bandwagon now, with us being 2-0 and looking really good away from home, <laughs> boy, oh, boy, uh, they will be recognizing who the Free Jacks are and no longer sleeping on us like they did at the beginning of the season, all the experts out there. Mm-hmm. You're going to be hearing a lot about New England if we win this game in L.A. Yeah, so. they'll
0: never they'll never shut up about us. We'll be the new talking point. <laughs> Those New England Free Jacks, 3-0, what do you guys think about that? Oh, I think they're pretty
1: great, Hank. You know, uh, we were... <laughs> You know what? I prefer the underdog flying under the radar, but I mean, I do too. I yeah. agree. I, yep. I much don't more like comfortable. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, don't want to look too far ahead, but we've got New Jersey after this game. So it's just, it's one hell of a road trip for our Free Jacks before we see them at home at Fort Quincy. And this is just, you know, it's a stepping stone. Just like we talked about last week with um, DC, you can't lose to DC and consider yourself some sort of playoff contender because that's the game that you should be winning. Well, this is a game that people don't expect you to win per se, but, you know, it'll be a notch in your belt on your way to climb up the mountain here to get that shield if you go to la's house and beat them so that's what i'm hoping for that's what we're predicting here at the jack's rangers show so uh you got anything else for us dave any closing thoughts uh
0: no just uh go do it boys uh it's what a great first few weeks of the season you know uh having to sit around for a week kind of Stunk, but boy, I, I, I can't complain considering the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, Freejack certainly made good use of it, and I'm really looking forward to this L.A. game coming up.
1: And it could be a lot worse, right? I mean, we could be one of those teams that are 0-2 right now and just feeling really sorry for ourselves. But uh, that is not the case. Uh, this is a good team. Feels good to be good, and we are good. I said earlier in the, in the year prior to the start of the season, the preseason, that on paper we're good. But now we actually can say we are a good team on the pitch, which is very encouraging. So, yeah, go free, Jacks. Give them hell. Um, And uh, I got one word for everybody here in three, two, one huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined by our, our guest, Outrider Chris Lind. He goes by Bozo as well. We're gonna talk about it one second here. How the heck are you? You know it.
3: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
1: You're welcome. Um, So let's talk about how you got the nickname of Bozo that we'll be using on the show as well. Tell us about that.
3: All right. So uh, while I was at a National Guard, while I was in, I'm in the National Guard, and while I was at a school training, I was a lot older than my fellow trainees, but I like to clown around. Uh, So I'm very professional when all the cadre are around, and I have good military bearing, but when they're not around, I like to tell jokes and be a funny guy or just do funny stuff. And uh, because I was a lot older than my fellow students, uh, one of them was like, "Hey man, you kind of look like Bozo the clown," and so then it just kind of stuck. So then Perfect. they just ca- started calling me uh, started calling me Bozo. So.
1: Perfect. So for this segment, we're gonna go by you know Bozo the Great or something along those lines that will stick eventually. You know, basically Bozo
3: Six is a good one.
1: Bozo Six is good. Um, So you're you're kind of like a stargazer, a fortune teller, and a truth seeker uh, regarding. Uh, <laughs> regarding uh future picks and stuff like that so that's what this segment is going to be about guys we're going to be talking about rapid reactions from the previous week just looking at the scores we'll get chris's hot takes on that and then we'll talk about the upcoming round who he thinks is going to win the game and uh, and why so let's jump right into that let me share my screen here uh, bozo let's see here there we go real
3: quick while you're sharing your screen the reason why it's bozo six is uh the leader of any element their radio call sign is always six so at every level in the army you're a six if you're the leading of an element and since i like to lead lead my element i can be the bozos i can uh i'll be bozo six i'll be the head guy
1: perfect all right so what we got in front of us here um if you want to go through the scores here from the very top and what was your thoughts
3: yeah so we'll start off with san diego against seattle so seattle traveled down to san diego i thought this was a definitely an interesting encounter one of the two blockbuster matches of the weekend i'm not surprised with the outcome i thought either team could win i just thought san diego was going to pull it out at home they did not they fell to seattle 31 28 i mean i just think these two rivals are just going to keep slugging it out whenever they play so expect a similar scoreline next time I'm, i'm not surprised by the outcome yeah and then uh
1: Oh, sorry. Oh, ahead, out, outrider Dave was also doing some amateur commentating on this game on Twitch. So shout out to Dave for, for doing that. Uh, it's not something that I would ever want to do, but he does pretty good at it. Not too bad. Yeah, I
3: recommend anyone that listens to the show, give it a check out. I listened uh, through halftime of Dave's commentary, and I thought it was very educational. If you're looking to learn more about the intricacies of the rules of rugby, yep. uh, definitely, definitely get with that. And so the next game we got, you know, the Austin Jabronis uh, versus the Utah Warriors. I was really hoping that, that Utah would, would win this one. They did not. Uh, the Jabronis march on. I believe they're in first place out West on points. I'd have to double check the table 24 to 10. Again, not surprised. Austin's been pretty, pretty strong. Utah was 0-2 coming into the game. Now they're 0-3. That thanks to be a Utah Warriors uh, fan right now.
1: Yeah, it's so. very very surprising that they're 0-3, but, you know, maybe they'll get it together towards the, the rest of the season here.
3: Yeah, yep. And then we got the, the heartbreaker from the weekend, the Dallas Jackals at home opening up MLR's brand-new team against the Houston Sabercats who, who were 500, but they had also suffered a heartbreaker themselves, interestingly enough, the week before. So I thought it was funny. They got their hearts broken on the last play of the game the week before, and then they break some hearts this week with a 38-33 thriller down in Dallas. I thought, I, I just caught the highlights. I, even just the highlights, it was it was pretty awesome uh, match. Feel bad for Dallas, but I think that despite being 0-3, Dallas has showed their class by pushing yeah. a good a good Houston team uh, right to the limit. I mean, if you if you watch the highlight even the highlights man the last sequence this guy catches this, this pass with like, the fingertips like barely hangs on yep. uh I mean that could have easily been a knock and then it would have well i mean it would have been tied but yeah yeah
1: the That's thing about that is that like league. you know Dallas uh you know it could have been the situation with the new franchise the only new franchise this year they could have just laid down and died but then the past two games they've really shown some class like you're saying and hopefully they'll get a win soon
3: yeah I, I more to come on that I have a hot take for that. All right. <laughs> uh, next match we got, you know, I think this was another, um, this was a shocking for me. I did not see Nola Gold going 0-3 at the gold mine to start the season, but yep. that's exactly what's happened. Uh, they were in an absolute dogfight with Toronto. I actually watched uh, most of this match. Um, it was basically punch, counter punch and then knockout blow. Um, Toronto went up early, jumped all over them. Nola fought back, and then were in control of the match. And then unfortunately, with a couple of minutes left, they, they committed a penalty and Toronto banged it over the uprights and held on for the win. Uh, very impressed with Toronto Arrows. I think that they are the sneaky one and two team. I think they're a lot better than that one and two record they've played. So they've played some pretty tough opposition. So expect more good things from them, from the Arrows. Arrows up, as they say.
1: Yes, arrows up as they say. I know you 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 like that team. Of course, you're a Free Jacks fan, but I know you you have a soft spark for Toronto in your heart. There, um, yeah, this team is better than they've shown previously, and I think you know once they are able to play in Toronto or at least in the very least in um, Ontario, we'll see the more wins from them for sure.
3: Definitely, definitely. And then the next match we had, you know, this was the other uh, Titanic struggle. This one out east between Rugby ATL. And uh, Rugby, New York. So both start the Battle of the Rugby's, I guess. (laughs) Um, Really New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get more on this, but it's uh, the Hoboken semifinalists. Uh, That's a hot take right here. I'm going to (laughs) coin that one. So anyway, um, I thought that this was another outstanding match. I watched all of this one. It was a really big-time battle down there. They were going back and forth, trading a lot of mistakes, playing a lot of running rugby. And then just New York had the last say, and that was really it. Uh, I thought – you know, incredible stuff from New York, uh, really tough way. They, they start this they start this MLR season on the bye, um, and then they had to go down to Houston, who was impressive uh, in week one, and then they had to beat them, and they had to go on the road and beat Atlanta. So very impressed with New York right now. I think they're going to be dangerous later. But, yeah, again, I, I see these two teams slugging it out again. So
1: Yeah, Atlanta still showing their class after the departure of Scott um... – uh, Lawrence and, you know, rugby, New York, we, we hate on them so much. And it's just, I wish they were worse than they are, but they are a well put together team, unfortunately. So our game mm-hmm. here, old glory, DC um, 25 and 41 to the free Jacks. What were your overall thoughts on that one?
3: Yeah. You know, I thought that the free Jacks, obviously we, they controlled the match the entire game. I was very impressed. Um, I, th- I thought we caught a couple unlucky breaks mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's just um, a product of, you know, we jumped on them early. We were doing well. We were in control of the match. And I think maybe we just tried to open it up a little bit too much. Um, It just wasn't – we just weren't finishing. We had the opportunities and we just weren't finishing. I I feel like the scoreline could have been a lot worse. I think we could have been well over the half-century mark against D.C. Um, But, hey, I mean, it's just how it goes. That's rugby. Sometimes the flick of the pass goes your way and the bounce of the ball, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, fortunately for us, very solid uh, defensively and credit to DC. They played great open field rugby as well, uh, but we were never out of control. So I was really impressed with the free Jacks with this win in DC.
1: Oh, awesome. Uh, so let's switch over to the schedule for round four and uh, any, any uh, musings that you had for these picks. Did you have to kill a, a chicken and drink its blood or how'd that work?
3: Well, it's a nice day outside and I went and I just, uh you know, licked my finger, Phil, and I checked the wind and I was listening and, and and the wind spoke to me. And so, Love that. you know, going forward, I think, you know, so the opening match of the, of round four is old glory DC against Toronto. So Toronto goes down to Segra field and I uh, believe it's Virginia. Yes. Uh,
1: yes. Correct. Yes.
3: Virginia. So they're going down to see DC. I think that old glory's woes continue hmm. and they go and four. I, like I said, mentioned before Toronto, I think is the sleeper one and two team. I think they're much better than that. And I think that they're actually going to put it on them. I think that DC blew their gas tank, uh, you know, trying to go to avoid the 0-3 against the Free Jacks. Kind of like a winner's hangover, they're going to have a loser's hangover. And I think Toronto's (laughs) going to jump all over them in this one. So expect a dub for the Arrows.
1: Dude, I'll tell you what, a loser's hangover has got to be about 10 times worse than a winning hangover for sure. Uh, it's its sad for that you know, franchise if they do go 0-4, which I do anticipate as well. I'm not making any picks, but I think you're probably right on on that one. Um, and it's, it's going to be tough for all about 25 fans there for D.C. that are going to witness that loss there in Leesburg, Virginia, about 45 miles uh, west of D.C., unfortunately. What's yeah, next? They're
3: professional athletes, and they're going to play with pride. I know it, but Yep. I just think that it's too much now. They're going to they're, they're, they're gonna try to do too much, and Toronto's going to be ready for them.
1: Gotcha. What we got next?
3: So the next match is the top of the table for the West. You've got Seattle against the Jabronis. Uh, I think key in this match is going to be who's at home, and that is fortunately for Seattle, them. Uh, they went on the road in round three and knocked off other top-of-the-table contenders, uh, San Diego. I expect them to do the same to the Jabronis. Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to it because you know how I feel about their name. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's stupid. They're probably quality players and good people, great yeah. coaching staff. Um, I've never been to Austin. I have friends that live in Texas. They say it's a great city, mm-hmm. but uh, nope. a bunch of jabronis going <laughs> with the sea wolves on this one. The seawall is going to stand tall, that crowd, you know, there's not going to be 25 fans in the stands. There's, they're going to be pretty raucous up there yep. and uh, hopefully they have some nice weather up there in the pack Northwest.
1: Uh, My preference is Seattle winning this game, although Austin looks really good. um, That team and that city is deserving of a better nickname for their their, uh, organization up there. You know, their development squad is called the Austin Outlaws. Perfect, right? I mean, I just don't understand why they don't just want to adopt that as their main squad. That's a great nickname for a great town. Uh, big fan of Texas, got a lot of family there, so um, I am pulling for Seattle here. We love the Seattle Seawolf fans and their mascot. So go Seattle!
3: Yep, I'm yep. I'm with you on that, on all the above. And then, so I had alluded to this earlier uh, with Rugby New York. They are wrapping up their uh, you know beginning of the season road trip, so to speak with a where they're traveling to dallas and so dallas has a second crack out on their home pitch uh again i thought that they you know they share a common opponent in houston and both teams played them close so i I do think it's going to be a close match but i think what ultimately is going to be new york's undoing is you can only play close gut-wrenching rugby for so long before you run out of gas and the wheels come off i think this is they're in for the letdown i think that dallas beats them i i still think it's a close match i think new york is going to play them tough but Nope. I, I like Dallas in this one. I think Dallas gets in the wind column and takes down the uh, Hoboken semifinalists. I mean, yeah, uh, New York.
1: I love that. Yeah. Anytime that yeah. the New Jersey dirt peckers or the Hoboken RFC semifinalists lose a game, <laughs> we are happy up here, but uh, that will be a huge upset and a great first win for Dallas. I love where your head's at. I don't know if that would make that pick. I wouldn't be so bold, but I hope that it happens for sure.
3: I'm just trying to will it into existence. And like I said, i listen to the wind and sometimes you just got to listen to what mother nature tells you and the winds will be blowing fair for the Dallas Jackals. I'm hoping I might be a bozo next week. You know what I mean? They don't call me that for nothing. (laughs) So, and then, then the next game we got here is that, you know, the Houston Sabercats and the San Diego Legion now two clubs on the outside looking, staring up at the top of the table. Right. So that, you know, for San Diego, it's going to be, a difficult go because they have to go to Houston for this one. So I'm going to give the nod to the Sabercats. I think that they have played tougher matches. San Diego's really only tough match I think was against Seattle and they fell short. I think now they're going to, you know, they lose at home. They're, you know, Hey, it's still early in the season and they have a long way to climb back up. There's still a lot of rugby left to be played, but I see them going dropping to 500 as Houston takes over and wins by two tries.
1: Love that pick. Uh, I was so excited about the previous one. I almost knocked over all of my equipment, uh, Bozo, but I'm back (laughs) with you here. Yeah, I love Houston. Big fan. Everybody knows that at this point, that they're my Western Conference team, if you want to call them that. So hoping for the best for those folks down there in Houston.
3: Yeah. And then last, but uh, certainly not least, to close out round four, our New England Free Jacks are going out to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles weenies. We'll just call them that. Uh, the Ween teenies at the LA Memorial Coliseum. Hey, that must be a fantastic place to play. I'm sure the boys are excited to get out into sunny California and play um, and just have a run of the pitch. You know, I think that everyone says that LA is the flashy team. Uh, They're last year's champions. Um, It's Los Angeles. So, you know, our boys are coming out of the cold. They've been working hard down at uh, what do they call it? The mint or something like that. Yeah. So they've been working hard down there at the mint. And I think, that we are going to put it on them. I, I'm also going with a very surprise of the week here. I think this is going to be a shootout, but Los Angeles is going to fade and the hardworking New England free jacks are then just going to keep their foot on the gas, close the door, and run away 49, 24 winners.
1: Woo! But the point that, of the match, man. it will
3: be like, you know, 30 something. Yeah. It'll be 28, 21. It'll be close, but then New England will pull away as Los Angeles struggles to keep up with them. Man,
1: if that happens, we're going to have to be real close quarters on the bandwagon because there's going to be a lot of people jumping on for sure. You know, we've been on since day one with this team, but uh, a lot of people will be joining us if we beat L.A. at L.A. Uh, to go four and oh with a huge matchup against Rugby New Jersey, the Dirt Peckers, the Hoboken RFC uh, the following week. And a bunch of us, and I mean quite a bunch, uh, are heading down. A bunch of Rangers will be marching down to visit with them uh, in Hoboken, New Jersey uh, on that game. So that'll be extremely That's exciting. Right. Yeah. That's right.
3: Hey, I'm super excited for this, Phil. This, this Giltinis match, They're they're not the only ones that are flashy. We've shown flash in the forwards. We've shown flash in the backs. We have players that could do it all. Show and go Joe off the right foot, notably with a great one hop scooper from Bodine Walker. Like we got, we got the mojo. We're two and oh, got the mojo three and oh, baby. That's what I love I'm it,
1: man. And and speak of the devil, Scott Ferrara just sent me a message on Facebook, so I'll have to check that out after the recording here. I think he probably heard us talking uh, crap about uh, New Jersey, and so he, you know he, he wants to give us a little bit of crap. So yeah, man, I uh, appreciate you uh, joining us here. We'll do this on a weekly basis going forward here um, with your uh, round four picks and rapid reactions to previous week's games. Yeah, I appreciate it very much, Chris. You got anything before we head out?
3: Yeah, when you close out a conversation in the army you always end it without somebody to go bozo six out huzzah
1: huzzah All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at thejaxrangershow at gmail.com. Interact with us just like John Elsnaw does on social media. Make sure you're liking our graphics and uh, commenting on anything that we're posting. We would really appreciate that. It really helps with our engagement as Rugby New Jersey is well aware. This day in American Revolutionary War history, we took a a day uh, a week off rather from that i kind of forgot to do it last week so i apologize guys hoping to have that watch party information sometime soon for that free jacks game on sunday against la the past two times that we've done that it's been super fun guys so um, if you haven't been to a watch party hosted by the free jacks yet make sure you come out because um, the players that did not make the trip will be there myself including chris lynn and possibly dave as well you'll see us out there the rangers hanging out it's just a good time to have a beer and hang out with friends. Friends and meet new friends of the Free Jack, and, uh, yeah, have some good food, too. So, yeah, let's jump right into the American Revolutionary War history. On this day in American Revolutionary War history, in 1777, George Whedon was promoted to Brigadier General, Virginia Regiment of the Continental Army. The Revolutionary War quote of the day, I wish to have no connection with any ship that does not sail fast, for I intend to go in harm's way. And that was one of the greatest uh, badass American Americans of all time, Captain John Paul Jones. So appreciate you guys uh, joining us here once again for the Jax Rangers show. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend that might be a Free Jax fan or just a rugby fan in general. They may not be aware of the Jax Rangers show, so let them know today. Um, if you can give us a five-star rating, we would appreciate it on the, the platform that you listen to this on, whichever one it is. So thank you for being awesome, and we'll see you on the other side of Tuesday of next week, most likely. Have a good one. Be safe out there. There, saddle up. Let's ride, beat LA and go free jack. Huzzah! Woo!